Hello, each and every one of you lovely lot. It's time for episode 90 of Near Perfect Pitch. Well, I can tell you, this week's episode is brought to you unequivocally by Rue Payne, who I'll be talking to you later on, right at the end of the programme, in a fairly intricate interview. But at this juncture, I'm not well aware, so you're not aware, of what biscuit the programme is brought to you by. However, it will all unfold in due course. Now, let's look at the new releases that I'm going to attempt to get through today. Well, we're going to hear three new tracks by Rue Payne's off uh, the brand new record, Quiet Man. That's all going to happen at the end of the programme. And uh, hoping to get to the following. No promises, but I'm hoping to get to some uh, Boy Bjorn, some Gaffer Tape Sandy, some Young Scum, some Bodega, uh, Kodiak Island, Odina, Usual features, of course. We've got uh, Art Into Web Time, we've got uh, Cover Me, Weekly Peel, we've got a hat trick today that is Christine themed. Uh, Essential Wax this week is Chumbawamba, and of course, we're going to be talking to Repaint at the end of, of the programme. Being that it's, uh, it's the day of the World Cup final, and I've just watched uh, France uh, do a rather good job of, uh, of getting their hands on the trophy, I thought we'd start the programme off with this. <laughs> Oh, 
Radiohead there for you. From 1995, of course, from the Benz, that is Black Star, preceded by Total Football by Parquet Courts. That's the lead track to this year's latest and fifth LP, Wide Awake. And that's two songs in to episode 90 of Near Perfect Pitch. Don't forget, uh, I get lots of uh, email, as you can probably imagine, asking me about this, that and the other. And I try and encourage people who've discovered the programme of late, i.e., you know, there, are, there have been 90, although the first were uh, kind of pilot-ish, but the music's good. Uh, not so much my presentation, but uh, the music is good. Any anyway, road, what I'm trying to say in my feeble manner, my roundabout way, as I adjust the monitor here, is that uh, go back into the past and discover uh, what's been played in the past, because I try and play about 30 songs every programme, and also try and feature somebody interesting to talk to, so you don't have to listen to me for uh, about three hours. So do do that, delve into the past. Near Perfect Pitch is uh, the Twitter handle, at Near Perfect Pitch is Instagram, Near Perfect Pitch. The Facebook page is where uh, you can find out uh, some goings on as well. What's up next? I'll tell you what's up next, some Tame Impala. This is uh, from their third long player, Currents, from 2015, a track called The Moment.
Sometimes I think I'll kill you Just don't let me fuck up, will you? Cause when I need a friend, it's still you Dinosaur Jr. That is uh, Freak Scene, their third single from 1988. And that is a dedication. That is going out to Stephen Dalton, who turned me on to something which is kind of cool. And uh, it's kind of a Tinterweb Time 1 here, as opposed to uh, an official one. But we'll squeak it in as a Tinterweb Time, shall we? Um, go to uh, the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash nearperfectpitch, and you will be treated to a candid video of Jay Maskis of Dinosaur Jr., belting out about two minutes worth of uh, some Tom Petty. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So go to uh, the, the Facebook page, New Perfect Pictures Facebook, Facebook page, uh, where you can see Jay Maskis giving it all of that. Before that, The Moment, by the quite magnificent Tame Impala of Currents, their third long player, and a tune called The Moment. Next up, we're going to go and visit a band once more called The Luxembourg Signal. They are an indie pop uh, collective that uh, feature most of uh, a band called Aberdeen that were rather, uh, rather, rather good and were on Sarah Records in the 1990s. This is from their second LP entitled Blue Field from last year. To keep abreast of all things The Luxembourg Signal, go to theluxembourgsignal.com.
That's, of course, The Mighty War with Comeback, taking me all the way back to 1984 myself. Heady, heady days indeed. And what a tune. What a tune that is. Fair play to you, Mr. Pete Wiley, for having that uh, permanently and indelibly positioned in my cranium. PeteWiley.co.uk to find out what uh, Pete's up to. He's still making music. God bless him. Before that, The Luxembourg Signal and a tune called Antarctica. Now we're going to hear something by the immense Steve Mason. Because the things I've seen in my life will make it 
Richmond, Virginia. That is an outfit entitled Young Scum. Very endearing name, isn't it? That is a tune called Wasting Time. And that's a track off their brand new and debut LP. Available through a Spanish record label. You can go to prettyoliviarecords.bandcamp.com to get your hands on this particular LP. Before that, uh, brand new stuff by Sydney's three-piece DMAs. Fantastic uh, power pop, that. And uh, that's an album track of their second LP from April of this year, entitled For Now, and the song Do I Need You Now. Before that, even, a single and the title track of 2010's Boys Outside. That is the majestic Steve Mason, ex of the beta band, uh, Black Affair, uh, King Biscuit Time. And a very busy chap at that. Ten songs in to episode 90 of Near Perfect Pitch. It's time for a bit of spearmint. This song's dedicated to some of the best bands in the country. Some of the bands we never got to hear. Bands that never got any records out. Never got played on the radio. Never got written about in the press. This song's dedicated to Open Up. This song's dedicated to Sad Liquidator. This song's dedicated to Super Swords. This song's dedicated to Arga, Kicks, Interrogate, Seize the Infidels, Chance, and Laverne and Shirley. I sometimes feel I'm sweeping the nation, showing my invisible friends. This is where I used to live. Well, doesn't your boat ever land? The emasculation of a good friend is nothing. I should be singing about the tattoos all the gold and faded and stupid wear the suit Sticking to that. 
standing on the back of bridge in Newcastle with Michael Bradshaw and Mickey turns to me and saying, Shirley, don't worry. As long as you stick to what you believe in, everything you want will come to you.
suede with outsiders from uh, 2016's Night Thoughts, uh, their last LP. Be on the lookout because there's a new one around the corner. There's a new LP entitled The Blue Hour, which is going to be out on September the 21st. So uh, you can be rest assured that I'll be playing songs from that as it is released. Before we heard uh, Suede with Outsiders, we heard Sweeping the Nation by Spearmint, a single on Hitback Records from 1999, preceded by Young Scum with Wasting Time. It's time now for our obligatory fall art track, and we're going to go to 1999 this time with a, a fall song entitled Touch Sensitive. <laughs>
brand new EP entitled The Lemon EP. Get your hands on it at Kodiak Island 1. So that's Kodiak, K-O-D-I-A-K-I-S-L-A-N-D 1, as in the number, .bandcamp.com. And again, that is brand new stuff by Kodiak Island, who've been on the programme, by the way. And that's Groovy Times off uh, The Lemon EP. Before that, our obligatory full art track, a single from 1999 featuring uh, on their 20th LP, The Marshall Suite. That's the single version of Touch Sensitive. Now, it's been 18 years since the last Dubstar record. There's a new one round the corner on September the 28th, entitled One. Um, and I'm going to play you their first song, their first single off their first LP, as a reminder of how flipping good they are. <laughs> Too much to be given time 
Well, that's Meathead. That's the latest single by Gaffer Tape Sandy there from Bury St Edmunds. And you can uh, find out more about them at gaffertapesandy.bandcamp.com. Before that, Stars, their debut single from their WLP, Disgraceful, from 95. That, uh, that's a gem, isn't it, that one, really? And a reminder that uh, their first album in 18 years, their fourth LP, their fourth studio, is, uh, is nearly ready for release. It's coming out on September the 28th. It's now time for our hat-trick, boys and girls. This week, it's a a very, very Christine-themed affair.
So ends our Christine Hattrick. That's the House of Love, of course, and that is their third single as featured on their WLP, their self-titled debut on Creation Records from 1988. And before that, Kaleidoscope was the name of the LP that Christine resided on. It was a single from 1980, and the LP was released in the same year. That is Susie and the Banshee's third LP. And, of course, Christine. And led things off with a track that isn't called Christine, but uh, references Christine by Kingmaker, an LP track of their WLP from 1991, Eat Yourself Whole, and a tune called Loveless, uh, Defamed. Next up, 
I did uh, manage to find this track by uh, Boy Bjorn, which I thought I'd lost, so I'm going to play that for you. But to also remind you that each and every Sunday I record this programme at uh, the studios here in Ottawa, Canada, at CKCU, specifically 93.1 FM, if you're in the, the catchment area, the broadcast area. But ckcufm.com has an array of uh, fantastic broad and just about every uh, genre of music you could possibly think of. Uh, Canada's oldest, most established and most successful and most listened to community radio station. And I'm grateful to, uh, to everybody here for letting me use the studio each and every Sabbath to record near perfect pitch.
the white horses. Absolutely incredible band on CRC Music. A record label that they share with the likes of Repaints, who I'll be talking to at the end of the programme. Again, the White Horses. Um, well, we had uh, those guys on the programme uh, quite quite some time ago, a few months ago. That's counting down the years of uh, the brilliant second LP entitled Empty Words, and that's on CRC Music, and you do need to source it. I've played it to death, but uh, it's warranted. So them, the White Horses and the Real Society, two of the toppest bands on the planet right now, just, just saying. And before that, the latest single from the talented Brian Hull, a.k.a. Boy Bjorn. Learn more about Boy Bjorn at boybjorn.com. And uh, that's a song called Alone at the Severance. And before that, of course, it was our, uh, it was our weekly hat-trick. Now it's time for our weekly peel. We're going to go back to 2001 now. Here's something uh, by Dead Meadows. We're going to hear Dusty Nothing.
stuff that is bodega from new york city off their wlp endless scroll which you can get your hands on at bodegabk.bandcamp.com a tune called boxes for the move before that from the 9th of march 2001 from washington dc that is dead meadows with appeal session entitled dusty nothing and before that of course white horses next up it's time for something that uh, you're rather familiar with it's into web time kids that's what that racket entails now i kind of touched upon briefly earlier in, in the program of uh, a, te- a tenuous tinto web time which is on uh, the near perfect pitch facebook page which is jay maskis uh, doing some Tom Petty karaoke, which I highly encourage you visiting and, and watching at least thrice. Um, so that was the first one. This second one, we just uh, made aware of this just, just a couple of days ago, actually. Remember Professor Yaffle? Well, of course you do. I play a lot of them, and I've had Lee on the programme. The, the uh, amazing uh, Cosmic Lullabies debut record is just that, amazing, and uh, you do need to get it. Um, what he's done, he's done a cover version, a demo cover version of Newbie Street, as, uh, of course, penned by Michael Head, uh, under the guise of Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band. So this cover version is available on YouTube. Uh, the URL will be in the show notes, but it's one of those garbled YouTube URLs. So just search Professor Yaffle, Newbie Street, and this will be pulled up, and it's quite simply gorgeous. <laughs> about you But then I think And I know I love you Just by chance you're thinking of me Just by chance I'm thinking of you And consequences that surround me And sequences they confound me and Through the darkness there's a mountain And then a hill And then a fountain Yeah, come my way Any day Situations that I'm finding It seems to me Gotta rise up 
walking, shooting through the streets. So we keep on talking. La 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 I don't know what it is about you, but then I think, and I know I love you.
Jumbawamba, aren't they fandabidoozy? That is off the LP Shh, which came out in 1992. Before I talk more about Shh, I'll tell you about what we just heard in a bit more detail. Uh, we heard Professor Yaffle uh, tackling Newbie Street. Delightful, delightful cover version by Lee Rogers and uh, doing justice, which is very, very hard to do to a Michael Head song. So, Check out the video, uh, which will have, obviously, the audio uh, at uh, Professor Yaffle Newbie Street, as keywords. Plug that into YouTube, and uh, this song will spit out to the end. Listen to it numerous times. That's my advice to you. That is quite gorgeous. Back to Chumbawamba. It's our Essential Wax LP of the week, going back to 1992 on Prop Records, their sixth LP. To many, Chumbawamba were a band that uh, released Tub Thumping uh, and then uh, promptly disappeared. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. They had a, an, a, an immensely uh, uh, productive career prior to it and uh, a semi-productive career post-Tub Thumping. But uh, we can talk a bit more about the, uh, the record itself. Um, it was originally written and recorded as Jesus H. Christ. Now, Chumbawamba do rely on an awful lot of sampling. And because of their uh, penchant for just that, they were unable to uh, release this record as they wished. Uh, there was lots of censorship with regards to samples that they wanted to use, and they were subsequently not allowed to. So on the, the final rendering of the record, as we go through it, we just heard shh, the title track to shh. So um, that's got uh, samples by uh, the Pet Shop Boys, Shopping. Uh, in the second uh, track, Big Mouth Strikes Again, not a Smith song, just to, to make sure that you know about that. It's actually about Lenny Bruce and uh, features uh, MC Fusion on the rap. Um, ABBA 
money, 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 appears briefly in Snip, Snip, Snip. They managed to get away with that one. And uh, there's some Harry Krishna mantras and some uh, some Beatle references uh, in uh, Happiness is Just a Chant Away. MC Fusion uh, reappears on Sometimes Plunder, which we're going to hear in a couple of seconds. And uh, what else we got here? Yeah, we've got uh, some Sergeant Peppers uh, on, on Stitch That, the last track of the record. So it's very, very pared down. I've got uh, a couple of copies, actually, of Jesus H. Christ. Entirely different record. Had to be redone from scratch by virtue of the vast majority of the samples not being allowed. All right, as I promised, here's track number two, Sometimes Plunder. Song better and you always try to sue. Money, 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 it's gone to your head. I sample too much and you say the music's dead. Dead? <laughs> You're the one that's dead. Lots of money spent on someone with a hollow head. New kids, monogue, all the sudden roads. Making lots of money for those scheming little toads. Then you come to us and say we make their music worse. Look at the Beatles and Stones.
single from 1996 on Creation Records. That is 18 Wheeler with Crabs. That's a fantastic tune. I've not heard that for years. And uh, I'm remiss in uh, not having done so. And before that, it was our second of two, two tunes, rather, by Chumbawamba of our uh, Essential Wax this week, our uh, LP feature of the week from 1992. Go to chumba.com. Even though they're disbanded and are no more, uh, there's lots of information on, on the website. And you can still get uh, the vast majority of uh, their LPs. Not so much the singles, very hard to find, but uh, the LPs. This particular record, shh, was re-released in 1994 on Southern Records and then re-released once more on a double CD by Mutt, that's their own label, in uh, 2003, entitled Schlapp, which is an amalgamation of uh, Sh on uh, one side and Slap, another LP, on the other side. So, we are uh, just about ready to get into an interview with Mr. Rue Paines. Now, Rue has got, um, let's first of all clarify, uh, it's Rue, but it's Andrew Rue Paines. He has just released his third LP entitled Quiet Man. We're going to hear three songs off it. But uh, this record was preceded by Little Giants in uh, 2014 and Paperweights in 2016. Wonderful, wonderful records. I highly recommend getting them all. Three EPs under his belt as well. Uh, Once came out in 2012, as did Weight of Your World. And uh, Land of the Living, uh, sorry, Land of the Living came out uh, a year after in 2013. A whole load of singles, all supported by the EPs and uh, the LPs themselves. So let's hear the lead track to Quiet Man. Here's a message to myself. I'll find a voice 
from Dorset with a voice from the firmament that is Andrew Rupain's lead track to his third LP which uh, we're going to hear two more songs from imminently isn't that just absolutely gorgeous next song we're going to hear before we get into an interview with Rue we're going to hear another album track entitled Cub
fast running out of superlatives by which to articulate how brilliant Rupaine's is and their third LP, specifically Quiet Man. We just heard Cub, second of three songs we're going to hear, but now it's over to me and Rue and uh, a chat that I'm sure will be very, very enlightening in as much as all of the musical content that he's going to disclose. He's also going to let us know what biscuits he's into, which will really, really help me in titling this programme. Here's me and here's Rue. Hello, is this Andrew? Uh, it is, yes, that's right. It is, yes, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good, well, um, first of all, thank you. Uh, are you from New York? I think you're from Canada. Yeah, yeah, I am actually from Canada, but uh, I've, got a, I've got a Google uh, New York number. Ah, uh, yes. So, sorry for, uh, yeah, that often, that often uh, fools people. It's not intentional, it's just one of those things. Now, <laughs> uh, Andrew, do, do, I, do I call you Rue or do I call you Andrew? Do you have a preference? Either really, I, I suppose Rue is my music name. Yes. Um, Andrew is my kind of name for people, I guess, that, that like know me or are kind of like uh, close to me because basically everyone calls me Rue now. Right. And you've had, you've had that since childhood, haven't you, really? Uh, yeah, I have, yeah. Since I was probably about 11, I would have thought. Do, do you, like, 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 um, Every, every kid, you, you, you get scared when your parents address you by a certain name. If my father ever used my, my entire proper name in a certain tone, I knew I was in for it. Were, 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 were you in for it if it was Rue or Andrew? Did, did you have something similar? I would, say, I would probably say I was more in for it uh, if I was called Andrew. Yeah. That, that, that was serious, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, then you know you're, you're, you're in for the high jump if someone's, someone's shouting Andrew up the stairs to you. Anyway... <laughs> I just wanted to, well, first of all, I wanted to thank you, especially at this uh, ungodly hour for you. But um, I also wanted to start off by saying, what a phenomenal LP. You must be absolutely made up with it. Oh, thanks so much. You know, I'm, uh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, it's... Um, I am. You know, it, it came, it's been a very busy month because uh, I played my biggest show ever, Turn 30, and the album came out all in the same week. <laughs> so, Amazing. Uh, I, Amazing. I think actually up with the fact that it's even out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm glad you like it. It's well, one of those, it's like a window of time for me. So I'm just always happy to have just got through another kind of documenting period of just documenting my last year. Yes. And, and, and the gig you're referring to, we talk about Shepherd's Bush Empire. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What I'm about, yeah. That must have been fantastic because you headlined that gig. That must have been superb. To uh, some some Motown stuff there. That's a lot of people on stage. Yeah, we had a little quiet. We did. We had a little quiet and <laughs> section. Um, but it's such a different experience doing it with that many people. To like most of my other shows where I do it solo, um, and you've got so much more to think about. And so standing there on that on that stage with that many people in a room that big, the whole thing was really surreal. I've got to say. I, I can um, I can only only imagine being that. Uh, 
Actually, I was just talking to a friend of mine on Facebook, and, and he, just before I phoned you, he said, did, did you ever play an instrument? And I said, no, I learned very, very early on, even at school with, with the recycled recorders, that I had absolutely no propensity at all for, 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 mm. for playing an instrument. That's why I you know, became a DJ. Anyway, that's just slightly off topic, but um, if, if we go back to, to your body of work, because you know, you've referred to this as a, you know, a documentation of the last year of your life, which is you know, a pretty accurate assessment. I, I look back uh, over the last three and a half years, and to say that you have been prolific is an understatement. Uh, I mean, three, three stellar LPs, and no, you know, no shortcuts either. You know, ten to twelve tracks each, three, three, three killer, three killer EPs, and the best part of ten singles. Now, I haven't done the maths, but that's a that's a lot of output. That's about I'm I'm guessing that's about seventy songs that uh, that have gone from 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 demo to to actually being released. Now, do you, do you sometimes take a look back at that and go? Unbelievable, because it can take some artists years to, to, to be able to, to to construct this this volume of, of a body of work. <laughs> well, again, I, I'm very uh, I really appreciate the fact that you noticed that because uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of music uh, right, and that's partly why I wanted to take um, a bit more time between tape weights and this album. Yeah, because I just felt like. I don't know, I felt like I'd just been writing so much. I, I wanted to, again, just feel fresh. Um, and sometimes it can feel... Because you have different things going on as well. Like, you have that kind of feeling of, like, oh, I should probably be releasing something soon. You know? And you don't really want to be writing for any kind of feeling like that. You want to be writing about things you've noticed or yeah. been through. But, you know, that real stuff. So I wanted to get that space between Takeaways and, and Quiet Man in order to kind of... Um, yeah, fresh like just have a refresher basically. Yeah. But yeah, I guess looking back at it, I do study it. But I mean, I just love writing. I guess for me, I think what helps is the fact that I do see it maybe in a slightly different way, in the sense of like I was saying, like documenting time. Yes. I think that that helps you to just like have a lot to write about. Um, because you're not, I'm not, I don't necessarily start from thinking like I have to write a song that's going to be uh, that successful or anything like that. Yeah. So I don't, don't put any of that pressure on the song. I just kind of think I want to, uh, I want to just basically describe where I've been, what I've been feeling, what I've been thinking. And when you start from that point, actually, you don't breathe up. There's so much to write about. I, I can certainly uh, understand that angle because, because to me, you are. You're an honest storyteller, if that makes sense. Um, uh, I, I know it must, it's very hard when things are so subjective, of course, to be able to you know, relay them in, 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 in prose or verse or, or lyrics and make the assumption that people care. But whatever you're reciting uh, lyrically is, 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 quite, uh, is quite impelling as well. And, and I was just going to ask, because you know, it's, it's reasonably well documented that you took some time off, and I was just wondering how easy that was for you because going from an environment where you are, you know, literally, if it's not nailed down, you're writing on it, to, to a point whereby you're just trying to switch off and just be. Was that an easy transition temporarily, or was it really hard for you? Oh, it's the best. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I think the, the funny thing is, uh, I say time off, but I wrote a crazy amount of music during that time. Um, so, so you just, it was just, uh, it's almost like a placebo effect, but you still kept writing. 
I know, it's, it's funny, but, but the thing is, it, uh, there was a big difference there, because um, I was intending on doing nothing, but did a lot, yeah. uh, and and that meant, well, hold on, my alarm's going up, <laughs> that you're about to talk, because I thought I might fall asleep. And, and then have to... <laughs> you would have been excused, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. so that was the, the interesting thing for me, was that it was a nice reminder that music, writing music is a natural thing to me, because... I was actually not having to write. I wasn't even meaning to write or wanting to write, uh, but stuff was coming. Yeah, and, I wanna... uh, that's a really good thing to remember because uh, it means that when when you get back in the hot seat, um, you kind of you know that you're not just um, churning them out. Like it, it, they are just arriving naturally. It's, it's just a really good refocus. So that in one aspect, I would say that like. I took time off, but in a sense, like, I was still active. Basically, yes. But, uh, but it, was, it was very restful. And I think, actually, it was, it was one of the best years of my life, really. Just, uh, just kind of focusing on, I think, like, life is just so fast now, I think. And yeah. uh, especially, like, I feel like in music, you're always on a plane or on a train or in a car, or, you know, you're just always going somewhere. Uh, and... Uh, and I just kind of thought, hold on, I just want to kind of be stiller and focus on on things that bring, like, that are kind of like really traditional things that kind of bring life and make you feel peaceful and, and happy and like, just being way simpler and being, like, rather than kind of thinking what's next, kind of just thinking, actually, I'm just going to focus on what I've got in my hands right now. Well, it must, it's so good. It must be a wonderful feeling to know because I've I, I known... You know my fair share of artists, and um, everybody's process is different, and everybody's uh, you know everybody's uh, catalyst is different, and, and there, are, there are artists, as you well know, who struggle. Uh, they struggle to write, uh, but you now know that uh, if you do experience something such as what they call writer's block or what have you, you can just enter nature, and then that you get that organic switch flicked, and then it. I would imagine that the 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 removal of, of pressure per se was the catalyst combined with the environment whereby it just naturally provoked creativity yeah well put yeah exactly well that's yeah. no it sounds sounds it also sounds idyllic where, where you're from as well because i'm from the northwest and uh you're you, you're from wimborne i've never been there but i've been in you know that that neck of the woods quite a lot so we we you always nipping down to bournemouth to buy your records or, or, or what, 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 what was <laughs> I, your uh, what was your childhood I, I, Sorry, what was that? I was going to say, what was your childhood like and your youth like? Well, I actually went to, I was uh, off a boarding school in Bath. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I spent most of my uh, kind of teen life and stuff over there. Um, and I went I went to like the, the primary school down, down where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, but then I was kind of most, of, most of the time away. So I actually kind of... Uh, it, that's kind of where I started my writing. And actually the thing is, the school I went to was set in a really, really nice valley. Um, and I used to just, there was a bench up the top of the valley. Yeah. So I'd just go sit and, and write and stuff. And that was really where I started kind of uh, debuting, I suppose. That's cool. Or uh, writing and reading. And, uh, but yeah, like where I live is, is a day, I think. I mean, it's, it's, to be honest, the actual, the actual place is not necessary, but like there's always a place on your doorstep, you know? Absolutely. You go for a half an hour drive and get down to the, to the sea. 
And I used to live in London at that. I kind of have really enjoyed stepping back because uh, the lifestyle of being able to get down to the sea or go for walks or... Because as a writer, you know, like, you, you have time. Uh, and that time is meant to be, like, creatively used. When I was when I was in London, it's a lot of coffee shops and things like that, which is which is great. But at the end of the day, you're a bit like every every kind of ounce of spare time costs money yes. uh, in the city. Whereas <laughs> down uh, down the countryside, you can like everything's free, like going for a walk or going for a swim in the sea, or and all of those things. I really, I think just I don't know. They they inspire me. Uh, so uh, yeah, I love it. Well, it, it does resonate with me. I know exactly where. I've lived in London on a couple of occasions and I, I, I would not want to live there unless I had an exorbitant amount of money because it, uh, it's just not conducive to living. It's, 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 it's getting by you know, more, more than anything else. I, I wanted to ask, um, and, and again, if, I, if I'm pushing the envelope here, do let me know because it's, pers- it's very personal, but how, how important is your faith to, to you, Ruth? I don't really talk about it much. Um, artistically, you know, when you when you're writing and you're writing from a, a kind of deep place or honest place, um, the whole way that you see the world comes into play. Yeah. So you know, if you have a faith, then that comes into play. You know, that that kind of instructs the way that you you feel about things, and you know, so it's it's connected to, to the way that you. You think and feel um, and look at stuff. So I would say that it's probably intrinsic in the same way that that kind of thing is to, to anybody who, who has faith, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I just wondered yeah. if it manifested itself in, in the creative process. Does it manifest itself in the creative process? In what sense? Um, in, I suppose, I mean, faith is, is, is always something you go back to in terms of being, you know, your raison d'etre, really. And I'm just wondering if you might not refer to it directly, but going to it for, as a resource to be able to quantify things. That's mainly where I was going with that question. Well, I think it comes down to, again, what I was just, just saying about it, it being at the heart of things, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I often write songs about hope, and I feel like that, that's at the heart of me. That's the heart of what I, what I believe. So it's um, it's, it's going to find its way into the way that I perceive things and into the way that I I create. You know, so I feel like it. Yeah, like like you say, it's kind of it, it is there as like a kind of source. I suppose. But yeah. I, I don't I don't kind of focus on. I don't think I like focus on it too much, but um, I'm happy. I'm happy if it if it kind of like. Yeah, I would imagine if you know, being being privy to that information is you know, there's the odd lyric where I'm thinking, you know, was he inspired by that? Because it's uh, it really is it's a, it's a passive influence, but it's it's an influence that can't be can't be ignored because it, it must manifest mm. itself somehow. And and in the latest record, especially, um, I was I was trying to explain um, your your style to, to, to somebody at work um, last week, and you you never to be get the question. What do they sound like? You know, and truth. Tr- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, truth be told, you don't sound like anybody. Um, even even though there have been analogies made whereby you know it sounds a bit like this, sounds a bit like that. I, I don't I don't subscribe to any of the the comparisons for you anyway. But I, I said to the chap at work, I said, "It's beautifully written, melancholy positivity." 
that. And he looked at me. And he looked at me and he said, what the hell does that mean? So, so, I, so I just said, look, have you got Spotify, mate? Yes. <laughs> I just said, just listen to it. Sort yourself out. Um, and I just found, and I don't mean to be flippant when I say that, because when I listen to, to, for instance, Quiet Man all the way through, first of all, it's, it's, it's a large whole, i.e. it's a proper, proper album, which is, which is beautiful in itself. But I, I consider it a journey. Uh, and uh, I, I love, I love to, to, to ride up the sentiment that you create lyrically because I do get, I do get the odd little jolt of, mel- you know, of, of melancholy, but it's always quickly counteracted with, with uh, again, my analogy of positivity. It's quickly negated, but it's just a healthy reminder of, of, of reality. But uh, the, the, over, mm. the, over, the overriding theme I get is unmitigated positivity. Mm. Mm. But, but I, I think that the you've connected the melancholy to reality, which is exactly the way that I, I see it. Um, because like life is like I don't think you can write positive like something that is actually emotionally impactful whilst denying just difficulty as well. Yeah. Um, and so I suppose that I kind of I'm trying to write a reality. Um, and so there's, there is kind of melancholy, and there is also hope. It's kind of uh, uh, it's hard to explain. I'm much uh, better at writing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it is. So, I think you're trying to purvey a, a, a healthy assessment of reality, and that's a combination of countless emotions, uh, of which melancholy and positivity yeah, are just two. That whole, that whole, uh, that whole kind of thing, though, is like. It's in the melody, it's in the poetry, it's in the concept. It's kind of part of the whole DNA of the, of the creation of that. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's not just uh, lyrically that I try and do that. It's kind of in the whole, it's in the whole kind of uh, world of the song. Yes. Is to trying to recognise the whole journey of what I'm trying to say um, in a not one-dimensional way, really, in a kind of looking at it from a bunch of different angles. Um, yeah. Um, do, do you find it's really hard to think. Do you find that uh, if you if you over ponder, uh, you sometimes uh, stump yourself, or, or, or are you are you able to to hyperanalyze as well? Uh, what is it when I'm writing? Yeah, because sometimes you just get sucked into the vortex of what you're writing about, and sometimes you know get laterally transported somewhere else. It really depends, though. Know? Like I. Uh, so I always say about like you know a song called Little Giant. Yes, I do. That that song uh, just happens really fast. Uh, it, it kind of I was sitting down on the sofa thinking, and like everything was really clear to me the way I was feeling, the way I was thinking, and I wrote that song, and I wrote it in about you know fifteen minutes. Then, really? Uh, <laughs> same with same with a song called Awoken. Um, that was a, like an unbelievably quick song as well, and I think sometimes there are these songs that just uh, they're just ready to be kind of captured and caught. You know, yes, you're you're complete you're completely there in that moment, and you can sum it up right there and then. Um, Why and then you... there are some songs where that moment passes and you're only halfway, and you have to kind of wait for a while before like a matching 
sentiment or feeling comes along, you think, oh, that belongs to that song, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. there's a song called Summer Thunder, um, which I I basically love that song, actually, <laughs> because it took so long. And it was a really interesting exercise in exactly this, which was like, I wrote the first bit, like, effortlessly, and the melody, and it all came really naturally. And then I suddenly had verse two, and... I knew what I kind of wanted to say, but I just could not find the words for it. Yeah. Uh, and everything was coming out wrong. And it, yeah, like, I waited like two years and then, like, just, I got one line at a time, like, you know, three <laughs> months apart. Piecemeal. And uh, then I pulled it all together and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say. It was really satisfying. And then you got a song like uh, A Message to Myself um, of this new album, which is really conceptual, actually, in, in its a lyrical approach because I was kind of um, the way I was like wanting to look at the lyrics was, was kind of again like three dimensional, not just the story, but mm. each line offering a new angle on the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed the kind of I really enjoyed that aspect of building it, um, building it like that, and with like each line hopefully offering a, a new dimension to the to the idea of the song. Yes. And, yeah, I kind of enjoy all of those. I mean, I guess my, my favourite is when it comes really fast because I love the idea of things being that fresh and ready to yeah. just set the song. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I actually, thankfully, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm a, a perfectionist. Um, I think like one of the things that I've, I've always quite liked is being able to just say, that's done now. Like that's done, and that's kind of handy in a way because um, wow. it stops you from overanalyzing. Like I kind of I don't need it all to be absolutely perfect. As long as I'm feeling like it, it communicates, then I'm kind of happy. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you because I know many an artist who will be driven to dementia and padded cells. Um, it's just way better for your mental health when you can just let go yeah. and, and move on to the next one because. Um, and, uh, you I've, know, got, I've got some friends who, who are brilliant and uh, I'm just like urging them to, to get um, their material recorded but uh, and I'm always like it's ready <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it is you know, it's brilliant right? like, there is that kind of artistic thing I was needing it to be but I think that's why I, I also it helps with my creative flow because if you if you spend too much time on, on one thing it can actually just stall your your kind of creativity for other things. I think it's really important to be able to keep that going and just be like, I, I, I want to kind of, and I want to write that, that instead. Well, like well, of course, the caveat being having the ability to do that, which not everybody does have. But as I say, thank, thankfully for your own mental health, you do have that capacity. Um, I, I was just wondering how, how, how you became aligned with, with, with the wonderful uh, CRC Music. It's a phenomenal mm. record label. You're in the company of... Uh, some absolutely stellar artists, I, mean, I don't need to tell you that, and um, some of my favourite artists reside on this label, and I'm just curious how, how you managed to, to land there. Oh, interesting. Well, um, so I met I met the guys from the CRC so early on. I, uh, I was basically uh, booking my own shows when I started out in London. Yeah. And um, I think someone came to one of my gigs at a place called the Troubadour, and yeah. it was their birthday party. Now, I'd never met them before, but 
uh, I was playing and uh, played a song called Mistral. And uh, for some reason I was like, oh, I'm going to dedicate this to the person whose birthday is over there. And uh, and then they kind of came up to me afterwards and were like, oh, I really like that song. And by the way, like I know um, I know a kind of um, a startup label. And then they came to my next show. And so I, I got to take them through that, which is really random. But uh, and from that point, we, we worked together in one regard or another. Uh, started the single and then the EP and then and then the album. Always been very step by step, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, because uh, because you know because Mistral was on on the first EP, so it's that's 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 a wonderful story. And, and truthfully, I I've not I've, you know of all I've read about you, I've not actually heard that that particular anecdote. That that's that's a wonderful little uh, coming together of creativity. That is. Mm. Are you? Are you? Uh, yeah, an, 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 I don't want to put you on the spot, but are you particularly enamoured with any of your label mates? Oh, they're great. They're um, they're very. Uh, I I think they they put the artist first, which is really nice. Yeah. They they really care about. Um, they just really care about. Uh, it's like quite. They have a very ethical approach to to the music industry, basically, and uh, that that's been a really cool thing to work with. Um, it's kind of. I think it's the origins of, of the label are, um, you know, I mean, I'm not, probably not the, the spokesperson, but, <laughs> but it's basically uh, that they want to, to run an artist-friendly label. And um, they, they, and they they're, do. They're super, super supportive. And they let me be me, which is, uh, which is a big relief, you know. Um, I've not asked to be anything other than, than myself creatively enough, but I think it's probably quite a privilege. It is in the modern age to be able to be on a label that will allow you to, to, to nurture yourself and be nurtured and not put a gun to your head. It's ideal. Uh, I had I had White Horses on the show uh, a few months ago and oh really interesting yeah they're I mean great. oh they're they're just phenomenal those two records I mean your your three your three LPs they're two LPs and a band from Liverpool called called the Brill Society are just I just can't I just can't stop playing you you three just one of those things I just keep going back to but uh, that's that's, I don't really get too big-headed. Um, I was going to ask you about about Chris uh, and, and and the production and and essentially by, by virtue of his multi musicianship, I would imagine his pretty unequivocal empathy for for, for your process. And, and I, w I would expect that you you wouldn't have worked with him if it wasn't going to work, and you wouldn't have remained working with him if it hadn't worked. Um, is it something that you uh, are happy with and, and and could possibly work with him again? Yeah, I mean, I worked with Chris before yeah. um, on Paperweight. Yeah. I worked with Rupert Paulson on Paperweight predominantly, but on a couple of tracks, yeah. um, I went and did some uh, re-recording and stuff with Chris. Um, and so I met him through that. And uh, and I was really excited to work with him, obviously, like he'd done work with Ben Howard in the past, and and I, I felt that he would understand my style and, and like what I, what I wanted to make. And... Um, and he's a very nice guy as well, and I, I love the fact that they're kind of um, they're kind of holed away down in Devon, um, down by the coast, in this kind of really nice quiet part of the world. Because when you're recording, I think like it's sometimes like, for instance, I would wake up um, when recording this album, and I would drive uh, down along the sea, and I'd go to the local bakery and get a pasty uh, and a coffee <laughs> every morning, and I'd drive to the studio. And like part of the sheet, and it was like really nice way to start the day, you know. So, um, 
I thought the location was amazing. And, uh, yeah, their studio is very inspiring as well. So they've actually just moved studios because they, they've built one. Um, but uh, the studio they were in was really a uh, very atmospheric kind of Wonderful. Uh, barn. Um, and, um, yeah, so and then artistically, like, yeah, I mean, I worked with Chris um, because because I really like his, um, his touch. And um, it was great. You know, he's very empathetic uh, to, to my kind of um, sound, I suppose. That's great. And, uh, and being a multi-instrumentalist, yeah, he... What was fun was, was using a couple of new... I, I, this album was interesting, actually, just with new sounds. And, like, maybe very subtle, I mean. It, it might not sound that different from the others, but um, we used a lot of Hammond organ on there. Um, and, I, like, basically, I've always used what's around me. I've, I'm, not, I'm not the kind of guy that's like, okay, now I need to kind of ship in a, a Hammond organ to do my album. <laughs> I kind of... Yeah. I'm a, I'm a bit like, oh, a hammer organ. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's here. And so there was one in the studio, and uh, we, yeah, we used it quite a lot, and it's a beautiful sound. It really kind of bedded a few of the tracks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then he plays also uh, the double bass, and so he, that was really great. I, I had a bit of double bass on tape weights, but they had to spend a little bit more time on the on the bass parts. And, yes. Um, and understanding that texture, that was really cool. Well, the, the keyboard, um, the keyboard element, the Hammond, the Hammond aspect is in, indeed what you just said. It's very subtle, but it's absolutely noticeable. Um, uh, and th does that have any relationship at all during your sort of hiatus, whereby I understand that you were doing a lot of tinkering on the piano, uh, in amongst some 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 meditative aspects as well? Yeah, maybe because I I just been really enjoying basically like just exploring some new textures. I, I just really like it. The piano just creates a beautiful kind of, uh, it can be a really beautiful, simple thing. There's a song called Sketch of the Summer yeah. on the album, which is uh, it's just single notes, you know, but it, there's something that it still feels full and it kind of has enough of a, a kind of, it has enough kind of reverberance to, to the instrument that like you can play something really simple, it still feels really embracing. And, um, and so, yeah, this. Like this period of time, I did kind of tinker around a bit. I'm not a very good pianist, but I can kind of write on it, and um, and so yeah, I suppose like it kind of when I, when I look at a, a keyboard now uh, or an organ or something, <laughs> I kind of I consider it playable or usable. You know? Yes, a part um, a part of your armory now. Part of the armory, is that me? Fantastic. I've I've got a couple of questions remaining for you, and one is um, just curious, uh, morbidly curious. Um, uh, what, what were the last three uh, records? Oh, man, I'm, I'm making the assumption that you buy stuff, but whether it's digital, vinyl, CD, goodness knows what, eight track. Uh, what, do you remember the last three things that you spent money on? Oh, the last ones that I bought. Yeah, just out of curiosity. Um, you can make it up to. The last thing that I bought, music-wise, was. I think I was having a trip down memory lane. I think I bought Bob Marley album. Nice. Um, yeah, I, reggae, I really like reggae. I've always liked reggae, but you wouldn't really go out to tell that um, <laughs> musically. But, but I really love Bob Marley because I, I think he's a great writer. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it always puts a smile on my face. So I think I was going down a, like memory lane and I, I got that. 
Fantastic. Like a bit, a bit of reggae. Uh, anything else? Anything else come come to mind that you might have spent money on lately? Uh, so, I think, I think I bought a uh, Start, you can start by pillaging the the library at, uh, at CRC. I'll be the first, yeah. the first place to stop. Sure, I can get some free ones. Yeah, yeah, you just waltz in Do you know who I am? Just waltz in the back there with a the shopping cart and Bob's your uncle. Um, I've, I've got one last question for you. It's a question that I have always asked uh, everybody at the end of any given interview. Um, hypothetically, we've got we've got Rue Payne's doing a, an Eastern uh, North American tour and you're at my house. Uh, you've got a you've got a hot bevy in your hand, and I come out with the biscuit tin, but it's a magic biscuit tin. What biscuit tin would you choose on God's green earth, past, present, or future? You can choose anything. What the, what type of biscuit? What yeah. type of tin? Biscuit, not the tin. So, what would you munch on with your drink? <laughs> I'm not an expert on biscuit tin. No, if you uh, were, I'd be stunned if you were. But uh, biscuits, I'm, every, everybody is a, is a nominal expert at least with, with, with biscuits. Do take your there's time. Something. It does stump there's, a lot uh, of people. There's one that's like really coming to mind. I, really, I, I just I get your packet, but you might have to help me out here. Um, there's all like raisins in there. Raisins, and right? And they're kind of, they're circular. Yeah. And they've got like a little frill around the edges kind of thing, and then raisins in it, and then it's like sugary. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. They've got the, they've got the sort of jagged edge. They've got that sort of dotted perforations with sugar all over and with raisins intermittent. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to uh, again if I was to, to wrap. I'm gonna have to do some googling because uh, I've got this very intricate infographic, Andrew, of of every artist next to adjacent to the biscuit of their choice, and I can categorically tell you you're the first one to go for this particular derivative. So I'll send you that infographic. I hope you are on the same biscuit page here. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Magic. Well, I'll, I'll send you the infographic via Julie at CRC so you can have a look at it and have a bit of a laugh. Okay. <laughs> but in the meantime, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. And, and I'd just like to thank you wholeheartedly for, for the music that you make. You are a uh, immensely talented man, and I hope that you continue to do what makes you happy because you're making a lot of other people happy by virtue of doing what you do. Thanks so much, Byron. Uh, it's a pleasure and, I, and I, obviously I'll be in touch via Julie as well with the link so that uh, you can have a listen to this when it's up should be tomorrow ok cool alright all the best take care alright God bless ta bye bye bye
Spectacular stuff. Thank you so much, Andrew. That's Andrew Rue Paynes talking about uh, his career to date, uh, focusing a little bit on uh, the latest LP, Quiet Man, and numerous other areas of content. Now, time for one more song to get your ears around. One more song off uh, Quiet Man, the third LP by Rue Paynes. Here's a song entitled Warrior. <laughs> Something in your blood They can kick you They can beat you But your heart belongs to love Oh, you're a Sublime Rupains, a song called Warrior, off the latest LP, the third LP, Quiet Man. We played three songs. We played Warrior, Cub, and a message to myself. Go to rupains.co. 
www.crcmusic.co.uk, crcmusic.co.uk, a label to be reckoned with, incidentally, as you well know. You need to buy everything on this label label anyway. Now, my thanks, of course, go to uh, to Repaints, to, uh, to Julie at CRC Music. Also, very, very importantly, my thanks go to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, making me a part of your week. And uh, as I do in a regular capacity, it's my weekly grovel whereby I implore you to recommend the programme to somebody who, who likes decent music. Uh, it would make me very happy as, uh, as a, a guy who gives his Sundays up to play his own records in the hopes that uh, people will uh, enjoy them and then go out and support the artist. That's what it's all about. So please do let uh, any fine folk who have musical taste similar to yours, let them know about the programme in the hopes that uh, I can just get more listeners and then make the, the programme bigger and better all round. Thanks again. And I'll be back next week for episode 91. Tyrell. <laughs>